Professors FM. Analytics with Mike Lewis, the podcast where we talk about everything you need to know about sports analytics. Here's your host, Mike Lewis, marketing professor at Emory University. Okay, welcome everyone. This is Mike Lewis and Tom Smith with the Fanalytics Podcast. Uh, we are continuing on with our recent innovation of two questions. Two questions. Okay. okay. We are we are continuing on with our series of two questions. So this is where we sit down and without any preparation or advanced knowledge of the question. We ask each other a question of something topical going on. Now, I will also say that we record these a little bit in advance, and so the world may change Mm. um, in terms of, you know, based on what we're looking at today on uh, what's January 22nd and when this is eventually released. Earth keeps spinning. Okay. So do you want to uh, ask the first question or do you want me to? I I do. I have a question for you, Mike. Okay. Mike, do you think that the penalties that Major League Baseball threw down for the Astros were appropriate. Okay, and so we actually had a little talk before we went on to this about who should ask the first question, and I prepared two questions on the chance that we both came up with the same question. Okay. And my first question was actually going to be Houston Astros related as well. Wow, that's great. Well, it's good that we're both thinking about the same kind of things. So, what um, what, what do you what what are the specific penalties? My question was going to be a slightly different direction yeah. of more, sort of more general how do uh, how do sports leagues deal with cheating scandals? But what are the? Let me know what the. So I'm totally up to speed. What are the penalties? So the penalties, as as far as I've seen recently, so Major League Baseball took away first and second round draft picks from the Houston Astros for 2020-2021. Okay. They also suspended for a year the general manager and the manager, and they fined the, the Astros $5 million. Okay. They did not remove what are called sandwich round picks or compensation picks. So when their free agent gets signed, like when one of their free agents did get signed by the Yankees, typically what will happen is the Yankees will give up a sandwich pick to the Astros like or to whoever they grab a free agent, a big free agent from. Mm-hmm. So Cole went over to the Yankees, so the Yankees should be giving up a sandwich pick. The, as far as I know, the... The league did not remove those um, compensation picks, and so it's hard not to ask you a question. Do you think they should remove the uh, championship? Jeez, I should they vacate it? So I'm I'm not a Dodgers fan. I'm a huge Cubs fan, and you know this, and a lot of people who are listening know that I'm a huge Cubs fan. If the Astros had beaten the Cubs in the World Series, and I was sitting here, then I would be livid. Be like mm-hmm. how like how dare you? That just that would just draw me, just make me crazy. And so I've heard a lot of of Yankees fans and Dodgers fans say, "Look, like you guys beat us, but you didn't beat us fair and square." Mm-hmm. And so why doesn't the league just vacate that championship and say that just didn't happen? Just like you know, Tour mm-hmm. de France. I mean, they they eliminated seven um, Maya Zhongs, the gold or yellow ja- jackets, yellow jerseys. They just nobody won the Tour de France those seven years. 
right? And so, yeah, you can have a league that does that. Major League Baseball didn't do it. Okay. Should they have done it. If I'm a Dodgers fan, I'd say, yeah. If I'm a Yankees fan, I'd say, yeah. Okay, so my answer to this Ooh, I'm, is, I'm curious. is going to be that I think, you know, I understand baseball needs to respond aggressively, integrity of the game type issues, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's a competition. It needs to be put out there as an honest competition. And I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on exactly the technical details of how the cheating happened. But when I think about let's say the basic structure and the basic environment this is a sport where and you know i don't know money balls going back 20 years now i i I suspect that analytics has become a key part of how people do business and if i recall correctly the um the gm of the astros was an mba i think from kellogg so Mm -hmm. it's you know, they, they were really one of the, I don't know, second-generation leaders in terms of using data to make decisions. I, I think that I can almost imagine how the use of, you know, being a data-driven organization led to this. Because if so much of this was about video, and like I said, I don't know the specific technical details and, and sort of inferring the signs and the decision-making structure and, and the tells – well, what are people doing in analytics? They're doing text mining. They're doing image analysis. And so I could almost imagine that the Astros guys are not even thinking about this as like a, a violation of, let's say, historical norms. They're thinking this as a new, you know, a new way to use analytics and technologies to gain mm. a competitive advantage, and maybe everyone is doing it. Mm. So I – and I mean, in some ways it harkens back to the steroid era where – hey, here was a new technology, everyone's getting on board with it. And so in an odd way, I wonder, and I mean, this is pure speculation, I wonder how many other folks have gone down the same path. Because as an analytics person, it's kind of the obvious path to use. And it's not, and you know, maybe, it may be, like I said, I don't know the technical details. Maybe the S was really into the gray area and we're taking it way too far. But I do suspect there's really a gray area in here in terms of how much how much analytics you can do and how much video you can capture, right? Because in, in some ways, if it's video, this is stuff that people can see. Right. They can point a camera. Somehow pointing a camera in the dugout is a huge problem, but I suppose just having someone in the stands watching the dugout is less of a problem. So, so I've come. I've now come down like that. No, in like favor that. of cheating. <laughs> no, I, well, no. I, so here's what I hear, and and I actually kind of I kind of like where you're going. Is that this is the um, so the evolution when you start doing when you start pouring over data and you start pouring over information, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. data anal- data analysis is just finding information and then doing a thorough evaluation of that information and then drawing conclusions and then testing testing your conclusions and then drawing more information mm-hmm. i mean that's what good you know analytics is about well and and so think about what a marketer might do a marketer might point a camera at a crowd and try and understand you know how happy the crowd is or the sentiment of the crowd or look at the text and you know analyze word by word so it's you know, I mean, so if you're an analytics person that happens to be working in baseball, maybe, you know, it, it's a strange thing, right? Because everything that's fair play in the marketing world, suddenly you might be crossing lines because now you're in a competitive world. Right. Well, I think, so I think what I'm hearing you say is that it's an evolution of where where data analytics would, would bring you to say, let's look at this, let's analyze this. 
if we've got information and we can use the information to make us a, a better team, then we should be using that information. I think it crosses a line because if you, I mean, if you don't draw this line, then you'd say, fine, let's just use technology to gain an edge. Well, then you sh then the next. Well, isn't step, that what it is? It is. What I'm saying is it crosses a line because then the next step would be then you should put microphones. You should plant hidden microphones in the form in the other team's locker room. You should have spies. You okay. Should, well. I mean, it, and then all of a sudden, isn't that what Amazon has done with all of us? A except they've somehow tricked us into planting the microphones in our house. Yes, they. They. I mean, Alexa, yes. what? What's the weather? I mean, right. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it, I, I agree, and I think yeah. that that's. I think that that's crossing a line. Yeah. And so, if you planting a microphone, I mean, if that the, the next step is, then I just. You don't hire the ball boy. I hire the ball boy, but the ball boy isn't really a ball boy. It's a ball person, and then they're just okay. Now they've got a secret mic, and they're just okay. Now I feel like I feel like they... you're cross. I mean, so there's but there's a. I think there's a distinction here where I'm using technology in a creative manner. I'm yeah. trying to get the most out of it. Where you're, you know, you're hiring the the ball boy. I, I mean, it's in the ball boy's forty years old, but looks like Ralph Macchio, youthful, and he's sort of the spy. So that you're you're going with classic espionage. I'm going with information. And, and again, I'm sort of making light of this, but I don't know where the, I think where the line is evolves over time. And, yes. and so I ask you, you're more of a okay. baseball guy than I am. Yeah. Do you think the Astros were alone in terms of these initiatives? Initiatives. Well, I mean, the Red Sox, and this is going to be the next step. The Red Sox, the, their their current manager was a bench coach on the Astros, and they've already been dinged for using smartwatches or other types of technology to alert their hitters or what have you, right? Okay. So they were they were using technology on top of technology to do a lot of the same things in terms of you know uh, tipping so, pitches and things of that nature do you want to be baseball in a position where suddenly you've got like a uh, a group that is just looking at new technologies and then writing rules for how the technologies are used in advance of those technologies hitting the market so i in some ways i think yeah. in, i think you almost have to at this point i mean mm -hmm. if you because if you if you say well let's wait until after we find people who are who are sort of using this technology in nefarious ways to game the system mm -hmm then you're almost a little bit too late. Yeah. So it's it's sort of like saying like, well, let's let's not outlaw some of these different performance enhancing drugs until we find out that they're really performance enhancing, okay? Yeah. So here's like I know that we're sort of spinning off, but that's what's where all of our good conversations go. Right now there's these different governing bodies that are looking at some of this this Nike sh running shoe trying to identify whether or not this new right Nike running shoe gives uh, runners too much of an advantage. Mm. So, and they did the same thing with some of the swimwear a couple of years ago, okay. where they realized mm. that. I remember that Bjorn Borg used to play with a wooden racket, right? No, and, I, I. And in all of golf, right? And new. Yeah. You, can you stop? And, and again, it's like technology that improves performance versus, you know, maybe it's the the key word is something surveillance. When does this cross? Right. When does information gathering become surveillance? When is, one, when is technology crossed in the line between making the sport less competitive? When is the technology crossed in the line between making the sport less mm -hmm. competitive? And what we want is we want to have a we want to walk into a game thinking that everybody's playing by the same rules. Mm -hmm. And if the and if the current rules are well, you can't use technology to spy on your opponents. 
then that's the line that was crossed. Maybe it's just more of um, the, sort of the next iteration of home field advantage. Well, but I mean, yeah. I mean, to be really extreme about it, then then what you I mean, you, then you make you make the other team like really disadvantaged, right? And mm-hmm. so I mean, I've heard about college, you know, um, back in the day. Right, and some people have, have written about these things where you know the opposing team locker room was like always like a little chilly, or the water wasn't in the showers yeah. wasn't as hot. I mean, you, you can do some things that would make your opponents yeah. sort of less um, comfortable in their visiting locker room, or make the. Well, why don't we? Um, you know what I mean? So well, it's like I mean, home field advantage yeah. has they've used well, those kind of techniques for. Why, you know, why don't years. we leave it here? I mean, okay. because right. okay. because I think this issue of. Um, it's a deeper topic. I mean, so my my first reaction was, you know, bringing up kind of this issue of kind of trends and in information technology and, right. and analytics. This topic of kind of, let's say, quotes, cheating and unfair advantages in sports. Maybe we should uh, let's revisit that one a little bit later because so, that's that's a big one. Yeah. Um, so I think so. I think what I'm hearing from you is good question tom and let's turn this whole question into its own podcast absolutely all right i love it more extended form though i think um because i because i think there's almost got to be more of a historical uh perspective on in terms of how cheating is and again i want to use that word how taking advantage has changed over time and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable very smart i like it Okay, my question for you, Tom. So, uh, Tom, going into the NFL offseason, one of the big stories is going to be the contract negotiations between um, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so do you pay Dak? Hmm. And um, in terms of perspective on this, just because of like I said, we, we're going in cold on these things, you know, the top NFL quarterbacks are making in the high $30 million per season at this point. Right. Okay. I thought it was a little closer to like 22, but I mean, it's... No, I think uh, it, it, I was looking this, this morning, I think Russell Wilson was listed something like $35 million. So wow. there's a number okay. that are over, there are a number that are over $30 okay. million. So, right. so if you're the Dallas Cowboys, do you do you pay him? And I think going back to last summer, he was looking for a deal where the first number was a four, so a $40 million quarterback. That's a, that's a lot of money. So the so, so in two weeks, I mean, three weeks, we might not know. Tom Brady is a free agent. Um, I, I saw it was floating around yesterday, was that um, Tom Brady said, eh, might be open to playing for a different team. Um, I think it depends on, um, in some respects, like where it is that, Tom Brady would be willing to play and if he wants to change the trajectory of his career. If that's the case... I think that's the punctuation mark on his career. I'm just kidding. No, I agree. Like, I don't think he has anything left to prove. I think he's he's a brilliant quarterback. And so um, I think the Cowboys have options. So there's there's only a handful of elite quarterbacks in the league, like quarterbacks who can really lead your team to win. I think Prescott is probably one of those quarterbacks. Okay, but, but it sounds like you're not sure. So here's why is that is that he's got good individual numbers, but his team has not, they have not been able to put a good team around him, not consistently. And this last year with going back and forth between are they going to fire the coach? Are they not going to fire the coach? And they did just a, they cleaned the house and they brought mm-hmm. in a whole bunch of new people. So you're going to have a new coach. 
geez, like no, no brand new coach in the NFL wins a championship in their first year. It doesn't happen. And so now you're talking, what, three years down the road? Three years down the road, Prescott is not a premier quarterback. I think, you know, time catches up with you pretty fast. And so I say, no. I say you roll, maybe you roll the dice on on a younger quarterback and build your team up, new coach, new quarterback, and maybe you grab someone like uh, Tom Brady to... It's a stopgap? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You bring him in to sort of mentor your new quarterback. And now not Tom Brady, then you turn Tom Brady into your quarterback coach. That's actually kind of interesting. And um, for Brady, that's... uh, you don't get, you, you hate the idea of uh, of an athlete finishing their career in a, sort of a lesser environment, right? You know, it's like where where I mean, who did Michael Jordan finish up with? Was it Charlotte or the Washington, Washington Wizards? Wizards? He played a couple of years when and he was he, he was owner, and it, then it, he it just doesn't look right. Um, no, it doesn't. And um, and so, but moving to premier brand from one premier brand in the NFL to another one. That's actually kind of an interesting visual in terms of the Tom Brady brand. Are they, is it is it not true that the Dallas Cowboys are the highest valued football franchise? I think that they are, right? Well, I don't I don't know how seriously I take a lot of those numbers, but I mean, well, I, I okay. think you could argue that it's the premier brand or yeah. the, you know, the Steelers, the Cowboys, Patriots perhaps. I think what's interesting about what you said is, uh, you know, this idea of rolling the dice and and it's something that I see as a trend in all this is this idea of like cost controlled players, right? And so mm-hmm. would you, is Dak Prescott at $40 million per season, is that a better value than picking a guy in the first round that maybe is great and maybe is is not, right? I mean, it's like you're, you're changing. This is all, the, the league has now become not about just, you know, paying for value, but it's like trading off, variance for money, right? Yes. I really like your point here because the last four or five years, the league had been, maybe even going back a couple years before that, the the league had been, um, especially looking at running backs, saying, do I pay a veteran running back you know, $10 million or do I draft someone new given the role that the running game had started to play? And so a lot of teams were basically cutting veteran players and bringing in younger running backs. And so we saw this with LaDainian Tomlinson. We saw this uh, with Michael Turner in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, these were these were running backs that probably still had two years, maybe, right. on their career. And But people said, look, the, the cost-benefit mm-hmm. analysis is, you know, I'm going to get, maybe I'm going to get 1,000 yards from this person, but if I can get 850 yards from a rookie and pay mm-hmm. them... Ten million dollars less. Well, the, then I'm going to go in that direction, and a lot of teams did. The running back is a, even a better example of this, right? Because potentially, you know, you see a lot of running backs that succeed out of places like the second and the third round. So, so I think we're we're actually in a situation where it's a legitimate, and this is this is something that I don't know how much these guys in the league think about that. You know, so potentially you take a running back in the second round, you take another one in the fourth round, you're paying those two individuals far less than you're paying this premier back that has the market power because he's at contract two. And it's not clear that, you know, so it's variance versus maybe a little bit lower expected value. And so it's a game changer for analytics where we're not just 
you know, it's, it's, we're not just in this world of looking for what is the best player in terms of some statistic. It's this complex sort of stochastic look at bringing in players because you have these constraints. Right. So, uh, yeah, and I, and I think... I think this year's playoffs is are, is going to change the mm-hmm. perspective of a lot of teams, given the fact that the running back has played such an important role in both of the teams that are moving towards the Super Bowl. I would gather that somebody listens to this podcast, I'm going to make this prediction, is that that the, there's going to be a breakout running back because both of the both the Super Bowl teams have amazing amazing running backs. There's going to be a breakout running back, and that's going to be the game changer. The quarterbacks, Mahomes, he's, I don't think is going to play a huge role in this game. The the um, is it Garoppolo is the yeah. is the quarterback for I think when well, he only threw for like what 77 yards in the championship mm-hmm. game. These guys, neither of these guys are going to go for 500 yards or something. It's going to be a grind them out running game, and people are going to look look back at this and go, "Wow, like they've reinvigorated that position." And so that I think that even even adds additional um, it, like credence to the fact that I don't think Prescott is worth that kind of money because I think people are going to go in a different direction. And they're going to look at this and say, "Okay, we need a running game," and maybe the quarterback is not as important and. You have a handful of elite quarterbacks, but if we can get a semi-elite quarterback and a really great running game, like we might be able to win our conference. Well, you know, you're adding another topic to it, right? It's like um, going beyond um, just the value of one position to the interactive effects of multiple positions. Yeah, right? yeah. So why don't we uh, why don't we wrap it up here? Because okay. you, Tom, you realize what we've done today. Um, what have we done? I, I came on sort of, um, <laughs> let's say, being not particularly opposed to some form of cheating. And your answer was, "Don't pay the guy." So it's right. kind of a it's kind of a fun place we've ended up at this. Wow! Moment. Yeah, no. Were you were you thinking he's worth forty million dollars? <laughs> no, not at all. I just think <laughs> I, I think somehow we have ended up, um, let's say, in the complete if, if the conventional wisdom is located in uh, let, let's say it's in Seattle, Washington. We're we're clearly living in Florida at the moment. All right. Wow. Okay. I like where we're going with this. Two questions. Let's keep this going, Mike. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, everyone. And we'll, we'll be back to talk to you soon. Thank you.